there is a misfit superhero living inside each one of us, helping us overcome the obstacles life presents us with. Welcome to the Misfit Superheroes podcast, a series of stories about extraordinary animals as told by their human partners. My name is Mad Alexandru and I am your host for today. I am a member of the Romanian animal rescue community with over a decade of experience, a vet student, researcher, and a passionate collector of stories about amazing animals that have taught us the true meaning of love, friendship, kindness, and humanity. This episode took an entire summer to edit and put together. It's an episode about genuine love for the animals, sacrifice, competence and resilience with one of the rescuers I profoundly respect and admire in Romania. Lea is a radio personality, a hard-working and passionate rehabilitator of disabled and unwanted animals and a long-time friend. I didn't realize at the time of recording just how much this episode meant to me and how much it touched me. Just as I had found my inner resilience and determination to publish the episode, Lea informed me that Shiny had moved upstairs too to complete the constellation of extraordinary disabled dogs that have passed through our lives. So this episode is dedicated to Shiny, Mishka, Dani and the many others who have left their paw prints on our hearts. It's a testament to their phenomenal ability to withstand tremendous suffering and find a way to enjoy every single moment to the fullest, as well as to the amazing community of people that help them, that help us. I thus kindly invite you to join us for a discussion of what it means to be a rescuer of disabled dogs, what the special needs of special need dogs are, and what can be done so that fewer animals end up in this terrible situation. It's a discussion that, as usual, takes us back to the paramount importance of educating the community, staying true to our mission to improve the welfare of the animals and maintaining a good quality of life, and about finding hope in desperate circumstances. I genuinely hope that you will join us until the end and maybe that it will motivate you to lend a helping hand in whatever capacity. Joining us today for a series of extraordinary stories about disabled animals is Lea Berzuk. She is a fellow rescuer that I have known for almost 10 years now. We are recording in Lea's house, and you're going to be hearing animals playing (laughs) and meowing. Lea, you have been doing this for more than 10 years as well? Yes, more than 10 years, let's say in a more um, passionate way, because I've always loved the animals, but I've started rescuing since 15 years. (laughs) So, how did your story start? (laughs) Uh, My story started with a dog, I will never forget him was a dog with a severe demodex uh, that I found in Bucharest in a um, tram station. And he was very, very old and very, very sick. <laughs> and he really touched my heart in a way I cannot tell. And one day I found him poisoned. Oh, yeah. 
along with the other dogs that were around in my workplace. And uh, it was then that I discovered how much suffering there is and how much love. I only managed to rescue one dog that was not severely poisoned. And there it started. So that was about the time when Bosescu was the mayor of Bucharest? No, it was even before. Wow. It was even before I, I still was living in Bucharest. It was an odyssey to find the place for the dogs because in Bucharest you cannot afford a house. I had to afford a house uh, <laughs> in order to rescue and I used to pay 400 euro for Jesus. a little home with a little garden where I could save some dogs. And this is when I decided to buy a, a countryside house. This is how I uh, how I decided to buy a home here in Paris where yeah. we are today. Yeah. And to be able to to save dogs in peace without having a landlord coming and saying, "Oh, it smells. Oh, it's okay. It smells. Sometimes it smells, sometimes it doesn't." <laughs> so, my house, my rules. <laughs> and the first time that I came to visit Lea in Paris, I should paint the picture for our friends who are listening. I fell in love with, and that's how I find your house. I never remember your number, your street number. I always remember the big willow uh, tree. Willow, yeah. yeah. It's an enormous willow tree in front of her house. Yeah, it's my protective spirit, I say. I always say when I have uh, troubles with the animals and I cry, I go and hug the willow tree and she calls me. It's, it's, it's a beautiful tree and a beautiful relation. It yeah. is truly special. <gasps> and what makes your house in Paris extraordinary is when you step in it looks like a fairy tale house it's full of old and beautiful things that you've collected so carefully from and the garbage you've... yeah exactly <laughs> and you're you filled your house with the thing other things that people throw in the garbage yeah. here in Paris yeah the animals yeah, the animals yeah, exactly yeah, good point <laughs> and this is my clever way of making a segue about our previous episode with Magda who was telling us how it feels like being a rescuer in Giorgio outside of Bucharest and the need to educate and yeah. that many of our issues would be solved if we had managed to educate better the community that you're activating in. What you're hearing right now is a little girl that you rescued recently that I don't know. No, it's a story about education if you want to say because uh, the only thing that I managed here is to have a, a good reputation among children. <laughs> and children, they know me as the lady who saves cats and dogs. <laughs> and she was brought in by some children who found her in a heavy way. Uh, and in she was in danger. Road? Yes. Yeah. And she was in danger. And I said, okay, I take her. And I like was this, live for that conversation. I was actually on the phone with her trying to plead for her not to take any more animals and say no, no to people. No, this is a different dog. It also, it's also coming from children that come to my gate. But this shows that children here, they understood that you can do this. And there are There's children here who are telling me, when I will grow up, I will do the same as you. So this exactly. is the only way to assure a, a better future for the animals. Otherwise, it's in vain. Yeah. The old generations, you cannot, you can change. I changed a little bit the mentalities here. There are people who come for neutering, for example, or to ask me where to go to neuter, where to go to treat a dog. Yeah, exactly. But the, the best way is to educate the, the younger, younger generation. Yeah. So that brings us to the disabled dogs, because that's the hardest yeah. thing you can do in the animal rescue community. There are yeah. not a lot of rescuers who can do this. 
I was a part of the elite gang, which yeah. is the terrible gang, to be honest, who took on these kind of cases. They are special needs dogs and cats, as you can hear some of them. <laughs> uh, our houses were filled with such animals at some point, the blind, the deaf, the paralyzed, the spastic. Yeah. And there are not a lot of us who can do this. There are not a lot of us who can adopt them. There are not a lot of us who can treat them. There are not a lot of us who would give them a chance. Yeah. And so let me ask you, how did your story start with disabled animals? So my story actually started with fostering one, was Foishor. Ah, Foishor! And uh, unfortunately, he was uh, very, very sick. So when he got into UK, he died one month later because of bladder problems, because actually that's the, the, the main problem that... The key issue yeah. with disabled animals. Yeah, they always risk to have bladder problems. And this is why you must keep emptying. Perfect, perfect routine. Yes. It's the key and to survive. And if you do this, you can have a dog like Shiny, who's now 15 years old, and she looks in a great shape, and the last blood tests that were done, done uh, two months ago were perfect. Yeah. And she's a perfectly healthy, old, paralyzed dog. And, and who's happy. been in this situation for more than 10 years? Yes. She's the second one I got. The second paralyzed, she was, I found her in a ditch. And so she's your first, first. She's my first love. <laughs> and she was a mommy, I think. She was pregnant when I found her. She was so skinny. She was probably wandering around, along the road to find food for the puppies. Mm. And this is how she got hit by the car. So um, the beautiful part of the story is that my neighbors found the puppies in the backyard. And while she had the surgery and everything, I took care of her. They took care of the puppies. Aww. And they are adopted, two by my neighbor. One um, is adopted in Constanza by a great uh, Romanian lady. So the puppies are okay. <laughs> and so you only had Shiny to focus on when she came back home? Yes, yes, yes. So they tried to stabilize the spine? Yes, and it was unfortunately... Um, Too late? Impossible. She went in for surgery. What did they try to do? Well, they tried to recover the, the spine, but it was too affected. This is the problem sometimes... You have a short have, time yes. span when you can see... Yes, and not, not always. I had cases like uh, Bono, who was uh, a dog... I remember Bono. ...rescued yes. in a public shelter. He spent uh, two months in the public shelter dragging his back legs. When he came to Bucharest, I said, okay, let's, let's try a surgery. And it was miraculously in, he started uh, to walk yeah soon after he started to walk i don't know how it was really a miracle it maybe depends a on the type of damage on the spine being probably that student now but, i can imagine um, yeah but he recovered it took a long time to recover because the muscles were, were completely fucked up sorry for the words <laughs> so um it took a long, a long time to recover the muscle, but now he's a happy dog in Germany, adopted <laughs> after a long, long story. Yeah. Because he was abandoned. He ended up in the public shelter. Yes, he ended up in a public shelter because his owner tried to suicide and so on and so forth. But he's a happy dog now. And we he's should great. point out, like, like a small parenthesis, because we pointed out two key issues about uh, helping disabled dogs. First of all, you have a very limited time span when you can intervene, yes. except for miracles. Yes. So you can try to recover some function. Yes. That's the first. The second one is it's 
extremely difficult to take care of them. They have to keep a very specific routine that yeah. you have to start here before they go anywhere. You have to put them on a schedule about peeing, pooping, uh, eating, yeah. drinking in the evening and stuff like that. So you can try to have a really <coughs> normal life yeah. for them. No. And then it's about the adoption and the key for that dog's longer term life is the adopter knowing what they're getting into first of all which is critical because a lot of people have thought over time that they can do this and then they ended up in an yeah. impossible situation yeah. for their specific reality and a lot of dogs ended up dead or they ended up killed and some ended up dead because of uh, the uh, degradation the in their yeah, uh, yeah. accompanying health problems and they can occur in days we're talking about days yes because for example when it comes to to bladder infections they can go crazy in a very short time in a very very short lapse i remember one of the dogs that i rescued was a dog in parish he had surgery mm. miraculously recovered and one evening i came home i see he's not in a good um, good situation yeah. I realized immediately that it was the a bladder infection. I took him at the vet clinic and two days after they called me, sorry, but the dog is dead. And I said, what? And after that, the doctors said, we didn't realize how severe it was. Yeah. So it can go in just a few days if you don't intervene in time. Yeah. But the point is, if you keep a good routine of emptying the bladder, the Hygiene risks of routine. having, yes, the risks of having this kind of bladder infections are very, very small. For example, I have Armen, mm -hmm. never had one. Mishka, who was my second and my soul. Let's, let's and take a died. moment recently. He moved upstairs. Yeah, That's my he metaphor. He moved upstairs <laughs> and he was, um, this is one point I wanted to, to say about paralyzed. Even though there are cases and cases, of course, every dog yeah. is different. But the, the mentality is, Oh, the dog suffers. Oh, the dog is not happy. No, Should be not true. My paralyzed dogs and Mishka was the best. We're happy. Happy, happy, that. happy. They enjoy life. They don't, unlike humans, animals treat par any handicap with a, a lot of, I don't care. I don't give a damn. Can I, I function? Can enjoy, Am I in yes. pain? If I'm not, I'm going if to I'm, enjoy If life. I'm not in pain, yes. And normally a paralyzed dog is not in pain. If, it depends, uh, on, the it depends yeah. on the situation, but of course, they are so much enjoying life. So it's an absurd mentality to say, let's put them to sleep because they are depressed. We transform yes. them into humans and yes. you think, oh my God, I would not want to live if I were in that Even place. Even though, I must admit, over the years I had dogs, paralyzed dogs, totally unhappy with their situation. Yeah. And I never decided to put them to sleep because of that, but they ended up dead. I had Maidan, for example, was a big dog found in the streets of a big city in Romania. He came here, I could see he's totally unhappy with his situation, with being paralyzed. And um, I said, okay, no problem, I will work with him. And he started eating his own legs. Oh. Then he started he was eating... Not in pain, actually, it's like uh, it's the, the phantomatic, yes. yes, the phantomatic pains. Uh, it's like the impression that you still have something there. And unfortunately, he had uretrostoma and he went uh, in Germany in a great family, but he ended up dead yeah. because he had a massive uh, bladder infection that was out Again. of control. Yeah. But I must admit, not all the paralyzed are happy. 
But that's a, a critical assessment that we start making yeah. here together with the team of doctors because it has to be said. Like, we don't decide by ourselves if a dog should live or should die. Yeah. We have to be very careful indeed. It's the same situation, I imagine, in every country. The kind of vets you have on your team that have to have an open mind and truly assess the animal yeah. and their health condition and try realistically to find the balance because there's a very high risk, like we discussed, of letting a dog live that is in pain and is suffering yeah. or putting to sleep a healthy animal that can have a long life. So you yeah. have to have a good team of vets that is able to assess the and situation. And very good instincts because in the end you can you communicate with an animal. The last old dog that I had, I had to put him to sleep, but I found him last year in a ditch. He was dragging his bag legs and um, he ended up completely paralyzed. He was happy for a long time. Exactly. Because I could see in his eyes that he was like enjoying every cuddle. The cats loved him. They slept with him. He loved the food because I made big attention to give him the best food. He loved to see me coming and everything. And when I saw that light in his eyes go away, go it away, was time. I said, now is the time. I know that I, we have a baby girl here, that little one that we were talking about okay, earlier. Damn is, yeah, uh, and she's trying to participate, so you're going to be hearing her. Uh, <laughs> so there is a fine line. And yeah. I know you have... And you, you can communicate, you can sense if a dog is happy with his condition or not. If a dog is not happy with his condition, it might end up like eating his legs. I had also another dog who belonged to somebody I only fostered for a short time. The dog was in very huge stress and she started also eating her... Self-mutilation. Self-mutilation that is caused by stress. By So you can That's why understand. the work you do yeah. is so sensitive and so important. So the story so, started with Shiny and then yeah. it added the... the, the constellation let's yeah. call them a constellation a bouquet mishka, of disabled dogs shiny and dixie yeah and mishka was the second one right mishka was the second one and here is about the mentality in romania <laughs> it's a little small um a parenthesis yes okay. because um i found him directly thrown in the garbage and i <laughs> said what is this puppy doing in the garbage and they said Oh, he was hit by a car and we we felt sorry for him and we put him in the garbage. And I said, what kind of pity this is? But yeah. they felt sorry. But this is how they feel sorry. But they also didn't sorry. want to see it. Yes. This is how they feel sorry here. This is, it's like, okay, I feel sorry about you. I put you in the garbage hoping that you will die faster. <laughs> and of course I took him and... Um, he was the bundle of joy. He was really, for eight years, Mishka. this dog was always happy, always like... <laughs> when he saw you, he, he was singing and he was playing. And unfortunately, in, in his case, after eight years, because there's another risk that the kidneys, the kidneys start to fail. And uh, they failed him. And It could have happened to a healthy dog. Yes, unfortunately. And he was the first one to go away. From the crew. So now I have only Shiny and Dixie, who is a fat little <laughs> let's, girl. Let's introduce Dixie because she's a yes. special one that she's I met from the beginning. She's a special one also. She was uh, hit 
on purpose by a car when she was a puppy. She was paralyzed and found paralyzed by a lady who died of cancer. Oh. And I hope from the sky that she sees Dixie as a fat, funny dog still, <laughs> even if she's older now. So she was among the lucky ones, meaning that after surgery she can use her back legs, I remember. but not completely. Meaning she can run, she can do anything, but the paws are uh, in a strange position. Nerve damage, yeah. Yeah. So they are the only one left. And now there is Armen and uh, there is Tony. Armen is uh, also, I found him... He came in as a puppy. I remember him as yes, a puppy. Yes, Armen, that's the problem. Here in, in Romania, you will see mostly black dogs mm-hmm. being hit by cars. Why? It's very easy. They are dark. Colored, and you can't see and them at the night. night. You cannot see them. So Armen, I found him in a ditch as a puppy. Unfortunately, the surgery did not work for him. But he's an adorable dog. Also very full of joy. He plays with the cats. And he's my hairdresser. uh, (laughs) Because he loves to chew the cats. And uh, every time I send a cat for adoption, I must explain. This is no skin disease. (laughs) It's my dog who's cutting the hair of the cats. And they let him. (laughs) And they enjoyed it. Yes, and Tony was the last one, and this is an unfortunate case that I must still find a better solution for him, because he's a, a very savage puppy, so quite... He's still very anxious, he's yes. got behavioral issues that yeah. he's trying to overcome. And um, besides this, he was hit by the car in two places, so the surgery was pointless. All the vets that I contacted told me that with two it was too late. It, it was not very late because it was the second day that I took him to the vets. But the problem was that in two points on the, on the spine... Ah, two, two different yes, fractures. Yes, two different big fractures. It was quite too much luck too. What I didn't see before and the vets either is that because of having two spots like this, his body has... Curvature in the spine. Yes, yeah. and this is a very difficult position for him to keep the pampers on. Going back to our discussion, we were talking about the special needs of special needs dogs. So what's on the list? What do you have to have for a disabled dog? So first of all, you have to have patience. (laughs) Never to forget to empty the bladder as often as possible. And about pampers. Now, it's a question of how much you accept the fact that a paralyzed dog can be dirty for example. My dogs are very clean, so I don't need to put pampers on them. I clean the poop like after any normal dog and the pampers I only use in winter when it's better for them because it keeps them kind of warm to have pampers and then some pants on. In summer never because they only create extra humidity. So if you empty the bladder regularly and you accept that you need to clean a poo from here, it's okay. In Tony's case, it's more difficult because his uh, position makes him drag every poo and put it all over him. Because he cannot lift his bottom up. Yes, but other other dogs, Armen, I only need to clean twice a year because he's so clean and shiny the same. Very, very clean So dogs, a disabled dog so can have a normal life in a yes, normal home. Yes, yes, I think so. If you are ready to accept that they poo from time to time and you clean the poo and you empty the bladder in a special place. But they are very, very clean. My experience with disabled dogs, as you all know, I've had about, I think, six of them. They got adopted 
many of them. Uh, one of them is alive in Finland, Sonny, which I remember, thanks to Tarja. Thank you so much. And then we had a series of uh, disabled dogs that were adopted in the UK, which they left upstairs due to old age. Bunudusha left at uh, 17. Wow, uh, yeah. this is amazing. Thank you, Ella. And then we had uh, Rachel and she had Tasha. Thank you, Rachel, who gave a long, long life to Tasha, who was a dog de Bordeaux. She was an almost 40-kilo dog. Yeah, that Armin is also a big dog, but... No not, not as big. Like, Tasha was enormous. We're talking about about a dog that normally would have been put to sleep directly mm -hmm. here in Romania, because big dogs, when yes, they end up paralyzed, they don't really have it's a life. It's easy, yeah. Yeah, and most people choose to euthanize for good reason, because... Yeah. Oftentimes, they end up in very bad situations. The risk of sores is yeah. enormous. Yeah. But she had a chance. Oh, we must uh, talk about sores also. Exactly. Yeah. The guys from Crystal Vet saved her life. She was run over by her own owner uh, with their car. I don't know if it was an accident. I imagine it was. I hope it was an accident. The facts are she was abandoned at the vets. And the vets tried to fix her because she was a very beautiful pedigree dog. So she got that extra chance due to her breed. But at the end of the day, they summer was ending, no, and she I remember her. you remember yeah. Tasha, yeah, of course, that yeah. funny face. And she was in a situation where she was going to be put to sleep because she couldn't stay outside anymore during the day, so it was harder for them to clean. And we took over the case. Rachel stepped up for her, and we still have to give many, many thanks to Tim Dale, who back then used to do carts for the dogs. And she had an amazing life. And like you said, they are such cleaning dog sorry i have to say that the other third major dog that i had which you remember is rocky yeah and she gave him an amazing life for a few years he had a really extraordinary yeah. life he was and an Nikki extraordinary is, dog <laughs> she's still a mom of a special dog because she rescued from serbia last year these dogs uh, if the owners do a really good job they learn to have a schedule and they demand once in a yeah, home yeah yeah they Mishka demand to was go outside. always coming yeah mishka was coming to me okay it's time empty the bladder yeah exactly put the pampers on exactly and poor tony he learned this he loves to to wear the pampers but he cannot keep them <laughs> <laughs> this is a and, technical and, solution and when when they go down he's like oops <laughs> they are down. It's not my fault. I'm <laughs> I dirty again. And the kitchen I'm sorry. Is... Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. Going back to our discussion about the special needs of special dogs, I yeah. think the critical one without which their life cannot continue, unless you are willing to keep them for the rest of your life, but the reality of rescuers is we always have the next one coming and the next one coming, is to find homes. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you, from your experience of getting them stabilized, getting them on a schedule, and then trying to give them a life, what are the basic requirements for a family who wants to help a disabled dog? What do they need to know? What do they need to be able to do? Based on my previous experiences that were not very good, I would say that I would rarely give for adoption a paralyzed dog, unfortunately. I had very humiliating experiences also because of that. And for me, it's the, the main problem is to, to stay with them. And yes, not very much at work, but... Somebody yeah, retired, maybe. Yeah. And 
I mean to say a person will not put to sleep a dog in, a, in the first second. So somebody patient, somebody resilient, somebody yes. determined. Yeah. And somebody with a bit of competence because... Yes, they need to have a little bit of competence because, for example, in my dance case, the family was great. Really, the family in Germany was absolutely great. They loved him, but they had little experience and the vets are sometimes not... Like I told you, my vet who told me, oops, I didn't realize how bad it is. I also had a case, uh, you might remember Apollo, which is how I discovered Rocky. Apollo died because his bladder wasn't emptied properly. It, yeah. it was a vet mistake and yeah. I hope they learned from the experience so that yeah. other dogs don't so, have to die. In so the you way. need to have an experience to see the first signs of a bladder infection, to, to know how to heal the sores, even though, for example, none of my dogs now uh, have, have sores. Because if you get to empty the bladder... And if they have a proper place, for example, my house now is, um, how do you call it, the tiles. It's so they don't... Accessible for, yes, uh, for disabled accessible dogs. Yes, accessible for disabled. They don't risk to make any injuries when they drag themselves. Mm -hmm. So That's the critical. space is okay, and if they are clean, there is no risk of sores. But still, when you have sores, you know how to close them. This was a very bad experience I had, and this is a parenthesis about adoptions and about people. There was a giant Romanian dog, Neolithic dogs, that was found uh, hit by a car by a friend of mine. When I took him over, he was so aggressive because of the pains he had that I had to um, to have him with a... Um, Elizabethan collar. Yes, in order to be able to empty his bladder. In two months of spending time with me, with us, with Mishka and Shiny and the other paralyzed, he completely changed. He gained weight. He was a happy dog, a happy dog. No sores, even if he came with such a large sore that even my vet told me, Leo, you might end up in amputation. So I managed to bring this dog from a skeleton full of big scars, very ugly ones, into a sweet giant dog. He gets adopted in Germany and the first word that I received from the adopter that was a very rich person was, you fucking bitch, I'm happy that I uh, saved this dog from you. And I said, what? What? And why? Because in a video of promotion, there was a poo near him. Oh, Jesus. And she said, you keep the dogs in poo and in pee. And I told her, listen, if this dog was not well attended, he, he would, would have, have been, been dead. dead because of a bladder infection, full of sores and everything. I sent you a clean dog, beautiful dog. How can you accuse me of something like this? I don't keep my dogs in dirt. I clean after them. They are very clean dogs. You can now take a picture. A, a disabled dog cannot survive unless the hygiene yes, conditions yes, are impeccable. Yes, this is really Period. the most important. So this was a very painful experience. Is the dog alive? Yes, the dog is alive. Okay. And it's, I said, okay. We deal with a lot you, of You have people. a lot of money. I don't have a lot of money. I have 100 do dogs. Yeah, do, do better, better than me. Yeah, of course. The hygiene is the basic. Let's sum up our discussion. Yeah. Uh, let's say a checklist format. Yeah. They have to be people who are at home a lot. Not yes. full-time jobs. That would be difficult yeah. for a disabled dog. They should have the financial means to handle a dog like this because yes. insurance, vets and everything. This is a dog who will yes. see the vets In more case, often. Yes, yes. I will tell you about the last one who was adopted by a friend that I really, really loved. 
I, I really love is uh, Simone Mahold. Where and, is she? What uh, country? She's in Germany. She adopted Modesto, I called him. She I don't know Modesto. Modesto was the, the last one. He came uh, last winter. He used to spend two years dragging himself in the countryside until some youngsters found him. I took That's him a miracle over. that he survived yes. for so yes, long on really. his own. And I called him Modesto because he was really a dog that was like, Oh, you give me bread. Thank you. Aww. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, no, no, don't clean after me. Oh, no, don't empty my... He was... Really such a sweet, sweet dog. Modest dog. Yes. And uh, he went to, to my friend Simone, who bought him a cart, who has experience with paralyzed dogs, with disabled dogs. And unfortunately, I told her before he left, I told her, do you want me to make all the pre-exams here in Romania? And she said, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. I have money. I will do them in Germany. It's better to have echography and stuff like this. And they discovered that he had bladder cancer. Ah, Oh, damn it. And he passed away in her care, but he spent two great months with her and one month with me. This is the best that you can yes, get them sometimes. Yes, yes, yes. This is what I want to say. You don't know. With a paralyzed dog, they can live like shiny, 15 years. Or no they can problem. live a few months. Or only just a few months. But the time they spend here on Earth, It's they valuable. must feel loved. What else is on the checklist? Patience, love, time, attention to the details. Uh, if you see the color of the, the pee that becomes a little bit reddish or if they show some discomfort. You have to be an expert in pee, poo yeah, and mucosa. Exactly. Pee, yes. Yeah, ears, eyes. And uh, so a little bit of experience. Yeah, that's about it. Mental resilience, patience, like we said. Yes, because there's because going sometimes... to be days when they're going to test your patience. Yes. Yes, 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 indeed. Especially when you come back from work and you find the kitchen. Where are your pampers? Oh, I lost them. <laughs> They are somewhere. One of my favorite stories is of Rocky because he was such a spunky dog. He had such personality in him. Yeah, I remember you him. Because, yeah. yeah, you met him and um, he was, you remember that time at the vets when Cesar, the old guy that I had, was on top of a chair and Rocky, who was disabled and a tiny dog, like a beagle with a very big belly and short legs. And he was trying to get Cesar to come off the chairs because he <laughs> wanted to boing him. And then he went to his family, to Nikki and Jez. And he was chasing the cats and what Nikki <laughs> did in terms of by the way of trying to secure and give them the chance to go around the house without getting hurt was to create out of a schoolgirl's uniform lined with um, fleecy things on the inside so a shiny surface for them to drag really rapidly on <laughs> and a nice dress you know he was a guy a man's man he wasn't uh, threatened and he would run around and chase the cats all day <laughs> and he was a disabled dog I I remember Mishka when I let him in summer when the, the grass was big enough so that he doesn't get injured because they neither of them loved too much their wheelchairs they never got along with them so I used to let Mishka free without wheelchair without anything in the grass or in the snow he mm -hmm. loved the snow uh -huh. they do and it was Bundesha like oh same. my god where did my disabled dog run <laughs> because Mishka was such full speed that 
he was the first second here and two seconds he was 200 meters away and we're like <laughs> oh my god is he paralyzed or is he high speed I, actually i think i still have the videos and i'll post them on the page for our friends to see of brindusha if you remember brindusha she had i think we had met maybe and you taught me you girls taught me about buying secondhand uh kids uh ski clothes you remember and i used to put the ski clothes on her and she would run around and i would run around the yard with her and she had such speed i was yeah. bigger back then that <laughs> i was dying next to this disabled dog who was just using her front paws and dragging herself like throughout yeah. the yard like zooming about this is why i say in the end there is a lesson to be learned also and this i want to be the to remain conclusion if humans would live with a handicap like dogs do or cats do they should learn from this they are taking life for nothing they are happy they are alive and a they can of leave yes if they have love if they have a little bit of food they know how to mm -hmm. enjoy life so the one big lesson that disabled dogs teach us is that you should enjoy every moment of life yeah yeah and that having a, a handicap yes it's difficult but mm -hmm. you can enjoy life just just being there you know playing and uh, cuddling and they can they can overcome whatever problem might appear i think that's a lesson that we rescuers had to learn that dogs don't live in the future dogs yeah. don't live in the past yeah dogs live in the present and it was one of the hardest lessons i had to learn from vlad because he kept explaining to me when i was trying to understand the dogs with behavioral issues he kept saying to me look at what you have in front of you right now and work with that don't try to postulate what happened to them what scared them in the past look at what you have in front of you and work with that and the disabled dog always lives in the present you shouldn't look at his disability and cry for him yes you never shouldn't. never cry because they don't want you to cry because they don't cry about it exactly. they don't complain about it they assume it and they live the life at fullest no problem most of them and then you see them adapting to a car yes. you see them adapting to a schedule yes. you see them adapting to being handled more than most dogs because yes. you have to empty their bladder which is the, an uncomfortable let's say procedure right and they get adapted to it and they expect it of you and they learn the schedule and they learn what they need to do to make their life better yeah. and i think that's a lesson we humans need to learn yeah as somebody who has at home somebody who's been disabled for the last 19 years we humans tend to take it much more personally yeah than a dog would yeah and if you look at the cat that has no eyes you know my lizzy and you've got your own cats if you look at the cat that's deaf you sometimes have trouble distinguishing which yes. one it is yes i often forget that some have lost one eye i treat for example shiny like a normal dog because she wants to be treated like a normal dog i mean okay except for emptying the bladder she comes like okay it's full it's full go but otherwise she acts like a perfectly normal dog armen he chooses the bed hours because <laughs> he plays in midnight with the other dogs and i hear rah, 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 rah. i cannot say stop it because i know he's paralyzed and he's It's he gets extra allowances. Yes. So, so that's yeah. the privilege of being a disabled dog. Yeah. So at the end of the day, what should we as rescuers do? Is there anything we can do to try to limit the number of disabled dogs that we end up seeing? Because road traffic accidents are going to keep happening. Unless we spay, I don't see a way of reducing... It's spaying, first of all, and I've learned my bitter lesson when I see a black dog. <laughs> I take it home. 
Well, that's... It might sound stupid because black dogs are the less adoptable ones. But I say I prefer to take a black dog from the streets now that he's healthy than after when he's uh, broken in pieces. But yes, nurturing is the only solution. I think that's the one way forward. So yes. bringing it back to the beginning of our discussion, we started with the idea of Lea, who had now lives outside of Bucharest, who does this incredibly difficult commute every day to go into the city to work, just so you can give a good life to these kids here in Paris. So at the end of the day, it's about education, right? Yeah. It's about education and neutering, because education yes. at least tells people if you hit a dog, stop and put it on the yes. side of the road. Yes, Don't leave least. it in the middle of the road. And the second thing is come get educated because if we spay your dog you won't have puppies in the street unfortunately the situation that i leave now more and more often and this drives me crazy is that me and my friend we discover purebred dogs thrown away along with their puppies or alone that sometimes end up killed or hit by cars so now i can see a new trend sort of a new trend Uh, the people that buy purebred dogs and, and then throw them away them. because they don't know how to choose a dog. When you choose a dog, know how he behaves, know everything about that and dog. And ask for help. And about this, if you talk about adoptions, I always say when I give for adoption a dog, listen, he does this, he does that, he chews furniture, he chases cats, he hates cats, he hates children, he loves cats. Us he loves as children. rescuers, a breeder so, yes. won't save these yes. things. But the problem a, is a responsible one. Yes. Will. Yes, a responsible one. But but that's everywhere in the world. So yeah. I think we should take a moment to say that it's quintessential. It doesn't matter how many dogs we rescue, unless we implement together with the authorities a yeah, strategy that's the to problem. stay. If you don't have the support of the the, the local authorities. It's for nothing. I will give you the example of Neutering in Parish. Uh, I brought two campaigns, big campaigns. We did uh, 100 dogs a day, so around 200 and something. But I had to go to convince people. And people told me, mm, why? It's good. It's good if she has one row of puppies. Uh, no, I don't neuter. And if you have the local authority coming with you, if you don't neuter your dog, I will give you a fine because I have the law According who allows to me law, yeah, to yeah. do that. If you, you can tell, cure our frustration I, right now. I, yes. I tell them, for example, when I promote neutering, I tell them, listen, if you don't neuter your, your dog or your cat, she might have in ears piometru, she might have breast cancer or uh, any kind of cancer. When you're promoting space, right, you try to explain to the owners, like we were discussing with Magda last time, it's important to explain to them because maybe nobody explained before or they no, got no, the wrong no. kind I of take, information from yes, the vets. Yes, 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 so I explain to them. Neutering is essential because, first of all, if they have, even if you let them having puppies or kittens, they will be after that exhausted. They risk to have problems. You don't. So I explain all this to the people. But if they come and they tell me, yes, but the vet told me that it's good to have one row of children. In closing, we have Armin with us right now who came yes. to get cuddles. <laughs> and kissing and not chewing yet on a cat, but she's getting ready for her uh, daily trim. But I think what Armin would ask us to transmit to everybody who's listening is please help us pay. 
Yes. Please, if there's a little bit of yes, money that you can put aside every yes. month, send it for an animal to get spayed because yes. we can use it to educate the next owner and the next owner and the next owner. Exactly and like we were like saying. like this who will find, for example, for me, there were moments when it was terrible for me because I had three or four penalized and at the same time I had to take care of... 20 puppies that take a lot of time, need a lot of attention. So a huge risk. For me as a rescuer, it would be a huge help of not having puppies and be able to focus on the ones who really need help, like the paralyzed. And to give them a chance, not having as many puppies means yes. not having as many disabled dogs coming in yes, and needing help. Of course, of course. So I, I know you're a very modest person. And I know it's very hard for you to speak about this and forgive me, I'm going to push you and I hope you're going to be okay with me doing this. But if somebody wants to help, how can they help you? How can they help other rescuers like you? Uh, in my case, I always say, of course you need money, but I don't ask for money normally. If people want to help, they can send, for example, pampers, disabled dogs. I don't use them, like I said, I don't use them in summer, but in winter they are always of great need. Now I received a big donation, it's great, of pampers, also food. What uh, would help you? What helps people like you? People like me are always in need of food, good, uh, food. good yeah. food, pampers, for example, supplies like this. And I say, if you don't trust that the money will go in the right place, if, even if for me, me, for example, when I have money, I always post a receipt, like these people know, this went for the vets, this went for the food, and so on and so Transparency. forth. Transparency. But if you, don't, if you don't trust people, try to send at least food. It, it's, it's, it's a huge help. It's an everyday struggle sometimes to get them yes. the, 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 the money for the food. So food is always helpful. Disinfectants, I pay a lot of money, yes. for example, yes. on this. Pampers and uh, doggy pants and stuff like this. Oh, the specialized ones. Yes, exactly. This is something that... I have some from left from Mishka. Yeah. And I use for the other ones. This is stuff that you cannot afford to buy on your own. So and you, you don't yeah. find in Romania, yeah. for example. They have to be ordered from abroad. Yes, yes. So if Amazon. they want to help, uh, they can get in touch with you via your page. I'm going to post the link. Yes. Uh, and if they really, really want to help, they can adopt. That's always something that helps enormously yes. by reducing the number of animals that are in our care at any given time. They can send a bag of food yeah. and they can sponsor a spay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, for example, uh, this, is, uh, this is a huge problem. There is a lot of money. And here, for example, uh, spaying an animal, it costs a fortune. And I need to go, for example, in Bucharest, where there are free spains, uh, in order to, to get this done. Uh, so, yes. Having the spay campaign here would help enormously. Yes. Okay. Tremendously. Perfect. Tremendously. So, you've heard it from Lea's mouth. <laughs> so, if, if what RAR did two years ago could happen again... Romanian Animal be, Rescue. Yes. Yeah. I, I would be more than happy, because in the meanwhile... The number of people wanting to, to, to spay raised here. It's about creating the path, like you said, yes, about yes. educating people, so, about knowing where to so come. So I have people asking me, when and waiting. do the people come back? So, yeah. We need that. An, a, a big campaign here would be of great help. Thank you, everybody, who listened today. Yeah, thank you very much. And it this, wasn't... this is from 
from Armen, from Tony, from Shiny, from Dixie, and no, and from a cat who's grab scratching herself over me. So, who are the people uh, who have your kids? If there are any still left alive, uh, paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, only the German lady, <laughs> ah, okay. and I'm not in contact with her. Only Tanya and Bono, uh, with a great friend of mine, Alicia. So, hey, Alicia, thank you for giving Bono yes. good life. Yes. Thank you to everybody. I love who you, Alicia. And my my many many thanks to my disabled dogs adopters. You've changed my life and you've changed their lives. And thank you very much for doing this. Yeah. Thank you, everybody.